numbers on the boards we told you last week we'd be back and by god we were not lying my name is bobby crow a digital content manager for the mavs joining me today the spiritual leader the moral leader no god i hope not the vocal leader the physical leader of the whole organization it's jeff skin wade hi everybody i'm back after taking months off from numbers on the boards i'm back one week later dude we had to pull out all the stops to get you back in the studio. You come in one time last week. Mm-hmm. They rattle off two wins in a row. Their first time beating the Suns. This is period true. in like three years. This is first true. time beating in the in the playoffs in sixteen years. Yep. And then we go a few days without talking, and the Mavs got stomped in Game Five. And so we thought Chopper and I were sitting in the studio, Studio Forty One Percent by Chime. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see uh, the lovely uh, abode which we call home. We got to get him back. We got to get him back. And so. Thank God that you're here. Because, it, I mean, I, I'm willing to guarantee Mavs win tomorrow. I'm also willing to say it's a must-win game. They need it. They need game six. Uh, so, uh, thank God you're here. Thank God I'm here. You know, when we were, the tone uh, of the last show, they were coming off two butt kickings, right? And so we were kind of talking about the philosophical, you know, bird's-eye view of where the franchise is. And I thought that they had a good chance of winning the the Friday night game. I thought it'd be competitive. I was like, all right, if they hang in there and do what they're supposed to do. And we talked about what they did well in the Utah series. Uh, and I thought, well, you know, if get one. You know, l- at least let Phoenix know you're alive. I didn't anticipate that they would stomp Phoenix in two games. And that felt really, really good. It did, man. Uh, doing all the things that they're supposed to do. And then I hope that I was involved, like, I'm sure you have probably some basketball text chats on your phone with, with certain groups of people. And so last night I got one uh, with Ben Rogers, the dude that I do the Ben and Skin show with. Heard of him before. Heard yeah. of him before. He's a lovely man. And then an unnamed friend, because uh, I don't know if he wants me to put his business on the street. But his tone was very much really down after what happened last night. And I was like, look, no one likes to get their butt kicked like that. And I was going into that game because of what we had done in the two previous games and Chris Paul's whole saga and all these like ancillary things and the pressure being back on Phoenix. I was like, man, I think we got a 50-50 shot of winning this game. And then the longer we hang going into it, the more pressure gets on Phoenix. And I like our chances. So I felt pretty good going into that game. That was a systematic takedown. Yeah. Uh, and it really started with, you know, settling for some shots and, and getting careless with the ball, I think. And and then Phoenix sensed it and the avalanche was on. Yeah. But having gone through that last night, that loss, I still feel really confident about game six. I mean, if I were, you know, had money and I was going to put it down, I'd put it down on the Mavericks because I do feel like we're, we, we have a really good chance to do what we did in game three and game four again in our building. Going into game five, I would have thought that what actually happened would have happened in reverse. So Phoenix mm-hmm. comes out the first five minutes and absolutely punches the Mavs in the mouth as opposed to doing that in the third quarter. Right. I was expecting the Mavs to be down like 15 after one, be down 20 at the half, come out in the third quarter, do some things to make you feel good about, and then ultimately it's you know not interesting at the end. Um, I think what makes it feel like more of a gut punch is that the Mavs got off to this very good start. They were up six. They were falling behind 9-0 in games one and two, but they were up 13-7 to in this one. They were up 24-16 to in that one. 
And so you're thinking, oh my God, you know, they are actually, they're playing well. They were up 38 to 38 points in the second quarter. Uh, Luca goes out, they extend the lead. We're feeling good. Davis Bertans is making it rain. And all mm -hmm. of a sudden, like, they have a real chance to win this game. Um, and then they gave it away very quickly. Yeah. After that, it was 38 to 30 Mavs. After that, it was 80 to 42 Suns. Oh my so God. <laughs> really, really good. Yeah, really good. Uh, that includes a, a near fight between Marquise Chris and. Uh, Bismack Biombo, and that includes a whole bunch of other stuff, flagrant fouls and all sorts of stuff. A lot of flare-ups um, in the final three minutes with guys who weren't getting a lot of burn. Oh, yeah, a lot of memeable moments. Yeah. A lot of memeable moments. And so I think it feels like a gut punch, and that's definitely understandable. I was hoping for a little better. Yeah. At least a little more competitive, obviously. Did, did um, you have any of those thoughts? And I, this isn't like second-guest coaching thing, but I really had thoughts with about 10 minutes to go in the game to go ahead and clear the bench yes, then. Yes, Because I started thinking about the quick turnaround and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's, it was an, you know... We're not players, but it was like an unwinnable game. It felt uh, it felt like, dude, we could burn all of our energy to get this down to ten. Yeah, you know, and so that's when I was thinking. But you know, I understand. And then you see Luca tumble into the the front row and the cameras and stuff, and I'm yeah. thinking, all right, like, what are we doing? Yeah, you know, <laughs> down twenty four. Let's right. go. Come on. I think you know, there's that whole idea of too. Can I create something to build off of? And I understand that logic, but I think at this point in the series. They know what they did in games three and four. They know what they have to do to be successful. An interesting wrinkle was Phoenix changing their rotations. And so if you're telling me that I'm betting on Landry Shamit and Biombo having great games in this building tomorrow, I'm betting against that. You know, I mean, I think if you looked at the series, the guys coming off the bench, they've been great at home. Mm -hmm. I mean, almost for both teams, you know, universally, there's some changes, you know, some difference. I thought Davis had, you know, a good little stretch last night, but... Uh, Fortunately, he was really the only one. He was the only one. And, and you know, I, I I hated our shot selection in the second quarter. I hated it. And I'm sure they didn't dig it either in retrospect. And I also want to give Phoenix credit. Uh, the individual defensive efforts in that second quarter to not let guys get to their spots, like the man-up stuff, dude, Phoenix worked their tail They're off. legit, man. They, I mean, were, yeah, they, they forced 12 credit. Mavs turnovers in the third quarter, that which was... is the most in a playoff game since, uh, God, I don't remember when. I heard the stat. 10 years, I think. I knew it was double digits. I didn't realize it got to 12. Yeah, Good 12 God. turnovers in a quarter. They, they had 14 points. And Jalen Brunson kind of saved the day to get them into double figures because it was 29-8 Phoenix with like two minutes left. And oh. then Brunson hit a couple shots to, yeah. you know, to, to salvage them. Um, not very good. Not very good. You know, the, I think the Mavs settled. And one thing is like, Phoenix's defense is very good, but we've also come to know that Luca and Jalen, in, in particular, are are mature enough to like know better, mm -hmm. you know. And it's kind of one thing where like last season, even the year before in the bubble, if Luca's having a bad game, or if the Mavs are having a bad game, it's kind of like okay, we, you know, we come to expect it. But now we're to the point I feel like they've won a series, they've advanced, they're going up against Phoenix. We've seen them beat Phoenix twice by doing the right thing ninety times instead of fifty times, right? Like. They're old enough to know better now. So they're like 17-year-olds or 18-year-olds. Still not quite there. Still not quite ready, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, at least to win on the road. And so far in this series, maybe they'll win in Game 7. Who knows? Um, but they're old enough to know better, but maybe not ready to actually do it. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, because they really did. It, it just felt like they took their foot off the gas. And in the moment watching them in that third quarter, it felt like they knew that they were taking their foot off. The, it was like watching a car wreck in slow motion or something. It was very weird. I, I, I agree with all that. I, I do wonder how much of that had to do with being gassed, too, uh, just from the standpoint of, because you know, it really got going earlier. Like, you could feel that shift in the second quarter of bad shot selection and all those things, and that's where Phoenix regained the lead. And so I expected them to come back out with renewed focus. 
And instead, it was the same stuff and actually got worse and sloppier. And I was like, you know, sometimes people settle for bad shots because they don't have the juice to get good shots. Mm-hmm. And I like, do that in pickup all the time. <laughs> <laughs> there, was, there was one play in particular where Luca got the ISO he wanted in the high post with Chris Paul, and he never moved him an inch and ended up taking like a one-legged turnaround 16-footer with Paul in his armpit. And he really never... Uh, expended the juice to work to get because you when you're when you're deed up you got to work to get to those spots and go through everything even if you're way bigger yeah stronger and so i was watching that going i'm wondering about the juice and uh they haven't played into the second round in over a decade and uh because our bench is a little bit thinner than some other teams everyone that's starting is playing heavy minutes or you know maxi coming off the bench and playing heavy minutes and we are further into the series. And in order to play a Phoenix team really, really well, you got to, as we saw in game three and four, go all out on defense, which takes a lot of energy. And so watching that last night, I was like, man, we're late in the series. I'm wondering if just all these minutes isn't just catching up to them. And that's when you got to figure out the way to, to manufacture that energy. And one good way to do it is to feed off of your home crowd. Mm-hmm. And so I suspect, and that's why I started thinking, all right, do we want to get these guys out now this early in the fourth? And all those things, we'll, we'll see how it plays out tomorrow night. But they're going to need the juice of the crowd to re-energize the thing for sure. I, yeah. th- I, th- I think. And everything that they do on offense, I mean, last night in, in game five, 0 for 3 from the corner on threes. Mm-hmm. In game four, 10 of 16. Mm-hmm. Well, what was one gigantic difference between game four and game five? In game four, Luca and Jalen were taking turns breaking Phoenix down. Right. I mean, just over and over again. Jalen straight line drives. Luca line drives, but also post-ups, just backing guys down. Posted up 12 times combined in games three and four and was really, you know, kind of bullying the Suns into making a lot of mistakes. I mean, Chris Powell fouled out of the game, for God's sake, but um, just not enough penetration right. in game five. Uh, in games one through four, the Mavs were shooting the lights out from three, 40 plus percent in three of the four games, but a lot of that was because they were getting in the paint so effectively. For the series now, through five games, the Mavs are, I know nothing is more interesting than talking about numbers, but. Uh, this is called numbers on the boards. So yes. We have to do it. For the series, the Mavs are scoring 1.3 points per possession, which is pretty good. It's incredible. Very good. Yeah. 1.3 points per possession when they get the ball into the paint at any time during the possession. So just drive, pass, uh, roll the ball on the ground and dive on it in the paint. Uh, ball drops from the ceiling and lands in the paint. doesn't matter. If, you're, if it's in the paint, counts. Mm-hmm. 1.3 points per possession. When they don't, 0.97. Very bad. Yeah. Very, very, very bad, especially against a team like Phoenix that can shoot 50% from the floor and isn't right. going to miss free throws and is going to force turnovers and so on. In game five, it was 0.63 wow. points per possession when they did not get in the paint. And it was 38 possessions when they did not get the ball in the paint. Okay. That is very bad. That's way too many possessions, and that's w- extremely poor efficiency. And outside of a couple Davis Bertans prayers, you know, prayers, but... Yeah, t- you know, t- tough shots. Very tough shots. It would have been even worse. So there was a moment last night where I said aloud as I was sitting in my rocking chair, you know, sometimes, you know, you think things and sometimes you have this like visceral reaction where you can't even keep your thoughts inside your head. You just say them aloud to nobody. Yeah. Because my wife is looking at her phone. She's not watching the game. <laughs> She's not locked into every dribble. Come no, on. I shouldn't care. Um, and I said out loud, it's okay for you guys to go inside the arc. I wouldn't even <laughs> yeah. talk about the paint. I was like, you can dribble inside the arc if you want. That's encouraged. Yeah. There might have been seven possessions where they never got inside the arc. And I'm not talking about dribble down and pull. I'm talking about they were dancing around the arc. Mm. And I was like, man, this is just, it just, that's how it's going down tonight. Yeah. Um, 
And so the, the good news is that we've seen parts of the series where they, they do know what to do, and they just they got to go do it, and they got to find the energy and the will and the drive and all those things to do it because Phoenix is a very tough team to play. Yeah, and the way that they defend you, this is the Mavs' offensive system, right? So, like, a lot of this pressure is going to be on Luka and Jalen. And so, whenever they can't do it, it's going to fall on them. And Spencer Dinwiddie, too, who, yeah. you know, is, he's got to be better. He he's has not be had a good series. Yeah. But, you know, the Mavs don't run a lot of set plays. They run pick and rolls. Cool. Mm-hmm. They'll run some stack pick and rolls. They'll run some stagger stuff. They run pick and rolls very, you know, more to force a mismatch. Right. Their entire offense is designed around getting Luka or Jalen into a favorable one-on-one matchup. And then Luka or Jalen has to win that one-on-one matchup get into the lane and either score or kick it out to a shooter. Mm-hmm. You suck in another guy, he's open, or no one comes to help, you score. Right. That is their offense in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. In the playoffs, you really have to dumb it down. I mean, you can't yeah. run too many sets. Teams are too good. Teams are too smart. You're so, scouted. Yeah, it's basically you're playing, I'm better than you. Yeah. And if you can prove it enough times, you're going to win the series. Right. In game four, they did it. Phoenix had to help a lot, a lot. Right. And Chris Paul was out of the game, and so Phoenix's brain was missing, and right. that hurt them on both ends of the floor, frankly. Yeah. And it's a lot easier to play offense whenever you're not scoring. You know, the other guy isn't scoring at the other end. You know, and you're, you're getting rebounds, you're getting turnovers. Without Chris Paul, Phoenix is missing a lot of shots. Mm-hmm. But uh, Luka and Jalen were not able to do it enough. And Spencer wasn't able to do it enough. And so those guys are going to catch a lot of heat. But Don't you give Phoenix def- credit for yeah, having Phoenix a good individual defense and where they, they didn't have to send the other guys? Yeah, and they got a lot of horses. They, they, got, they, they got stayed a lot of at options. home on the shooters. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Torrey Craig's not even playing. He can... He at least can make stuff tough for Luka. Bridges mm-hmm. and Crowder and Paul and even Devin Booker's had his moments too. Biombo, I feel like, has been really good on Luka and those switches. Aiton sometimes has held his own. At least stayed in front of Luka, forced him to take step-back threes, and Luka's not shooting very well on those. Um, but Luka haters, before you get really mad and yell at me about this, I like Luka more than you. I think that he's better than you do. And also, I understand that you know this is the Mavs offense because of the limitations that are in place given the players that are on the roster. Like, yeah. Dorian and Reggie Bullock and you know Josh Green and Milikina and Dwight Powell and Maxi. These are all pretty good players, but they're not exactly dynamic offensive talents, right? right. They're going to feed off of the guards, Absolutely. open shots, you know, lobs, things like that. If they're not there, then they're not going to be able to create much off the dribble. And so all of the pressure is on the guards. And so when the guards fail, it is it's on. I mean, the the, the guards bur- burden. They have they bear the burden of responsibility here, and so you know they need to be better. They have to be better. The other problem with that, I, I, I agree with everything you're saying, um, but there was a point where Luke I felt like was getting too casual, and maybe it was physical, you know, how he felt. I'm not sure, but what happened was as the quality of the shots lessened, and there was nobody else touching the ball, he inadvertently froze his other guys. It wasn't on purpose. And the other guys weren't sitting there going, you know, I'm going to be disengaged now because the ball's not coming my way. It's the natural course of how a game goes. So as you ready yourself for what the action is, and if he continually is 30 feet away from the basket and dribbling, and then we're taking a late, very difficult shot when he's not hot in the first place, what that, what that does is it takes everyone out of the game. Yeah. And it's not, it's, it's just, that's just basketball. Um, you know, and but if he's beating his man and then there's help and then another guy is taking the ball and then the rotations are happening and everyone's touching it, nothing's different other than guys are touching it yep. and now they're engaged and there's a level of engagement and connectivity. And so uh, that w- <laughs> the, the early on, Luca did a great job getting into the paint in the first six minutes or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, the Mavericks were still good for a little bit. But after that first six-minute timeout, the game just kind of felt different. You know, and I don't know if it was... 
I don't know if the Mavericks suddenly felt too good about themselves. It's just, it's, it's hard to say, but the tone of the thing changed and they never got it back. Phoenix cranked it up, man. They did what they were supposed to do. They played very well at home. Yep. They played very good defense. Aiton was scoring a lot on offense. And it is a lot harder statistically and also um, <laughs> spiritually yeah, to score whenever you're always getting scored on. Yeah, like, yeah. if the defense is failing, it's hard to play offense. Just like Jake always says, if, if you're missing shots, you can't be in your feelings about it. you got to play defense still. Right. If you can't get a stop, you still have to play offense. Like, you can't, you can't let what happens at one end affect what happens at the other. It just so happens last night, they got off to this good start, and then Phoenix punched back, and the Mavs just could not. They couldn't regroup. I think, I think they did. They just kind of ran out of gas eventually. Every game takes on its own life, and then that, ga- that life builds on itself. Okay, like, so there's a plan, and then the game becomes what it is, and then you start building off of that game. It's like its own little living experience. Well, the best example I can give you of that, and you were talking about that losing focus and that. So at the end of the first half, there was a play where Devin Booker fouled Maxi Kleba, who had floored it, and it was just a common foul or whatever. And then after the ass-kicking started, and everyone was getting, you know, frustrated and disengaged. The exact same play happened where Dorian Finney-Smith fouled Devin Booker in the way that Devin Booker had fouled Maxi Kleba. They both came crashing to the floor, and they review it, and this time they decide it's a flagrant. And Joe Borgia, who's one of the guys in Secaucus, comes on the screen and basically says, the reason this is a flagrant foul is because of the moment in the game. Yep. The refs wanted to gain control. And so that's an example of how a game takes on a life of its own. It's the same play. Mm-hmm. You can put them side by side, and maybe you can debate minuscule little, but it's the same result. But one is a flagrant and the other is not because the game has taken on this life of the Mavericks are now frustrated mm-hmm. and they're pissed off and they know they can't get back into this thing. So we're scared that this is dangerous. We're the same if play. If you let that fly, then, I'm okay, I'm going to take a step further next time. Right. And so that's a really good example of where the Mavericks were mentally at that point and i even saw people on twitter like what's the difference in this and oh, the difference is the point in the game yep. and so it isn't always call it the same way every time there are other circumstances that feed into this thing and you can feel those energies such as how long the player who gets fouled stays on the ground that maxi was... hopped right back up devin booker made a show out of it and so there you go and so it's almost i mean I, you know uh, the Luka sporting does thing the same to do thing. is get back up. Yes, Luca does the same thing. I mean, Jesus, like, there was almost a brawl against Hassan Whiteside because Luca stayed on the ground. Right. <laughs> like, and while Hassan Whiteside's trying to help him, him up, yeah, there's yeah, a fall. So, yeah, you know, yeah, we right. do love it. We loved that yeah. moment. We love that photo. So don't pretend like you know right. you, you didn't like Luca or whatever, um, or you didn't like that Luca did that. But um, the sporting thing to do is get up and keep playing. But unfortunately, the the state of affairs in the NBA is that if you stay on the ground, you're going to get the review, mm-hmm. and if there's a review. You're There's usually going to get the call. Yeah. And so maybe next time, Maxi, just stay on the ground just a little more. Davis Breton stayed on the ground holding his neck, and he got the review. Yeah. He didn't even get touched in the neck. He got touched, like, in the belly button. And then when they looked at the review, they are like, we're reviewing this. This is a waste of time. Yeah. yeah. Everybody get back to playing basketball. And now maybe the fact that Breton's acted like that made them less likely to review the Maxi play anyway. Could be. You know, I mean, that's the thing, though. Yeah. Context matters. What happens in the game matters and all that stuff. And I, I thought they were letting them play a little more uh, last night. Which anyway. I love. I, I like that. I don't want too, yeah. the Mavericks are not deep enough to get Dorian and Jalen with three fouls in the first yeah. 16 and minutes. And frankly, it's fun to watch Chris Paul foul out every now and then, but I don't want to watch that every now. No, I don't need it. Aiton wasn't foul trouble, I thought, but Biombo played great. And that's the thing. Like The Suns' depth last night was better than the Mavs' depth. Biombo was good, like you said. 
Landry Shamit was very good. Mm -hmm. He's been kind of a lost cause in the series right. to this point, but he popped off in game five. They effectively DNP'd campaign, I think, until the final couple right. minutes. Right. Uh, and JaVale McGee played, I think, two minutes, committed a charge, got yanked immediately. Um, Which, by the way, that, that works. The, the campaign thing works to the Mavericks' advantage. Because now there's pressure on Landry Shamit to go deliver in the AAC yeah. in an unfamiliar role. Mm -hmm. And, like, the chances are he may not go out there and be very good. And then Phoenix suddenly is going, well, do we pull the guy that we iced and throw him? I'm like, this could really work out to their advantage. If you take advantage of yeah. it, you know. But Which they, means they were, Spencer's got to come in and yeah. put some pressure yeah, on Yeah, Spencer's got to be the best guard. Because yeah. now there's only two guards off the bench. I mean, yeah. Nilakina is more of a wing. There's two guards. Dinwiddie, Shamit. Who can be better? Right. You know. And if Dinwiddie can't be better than Shamit, you're going to have problems. Here, here's the other thing. So let's look at the whole entirety of the series. Like, let's stand back and compare two players. Who's been the better player in this series? Now, now I'm not, not just saying numbers, but who's been more effective, the most, most effective player? Has it been Luka Doncic or Devin Booker, in your opinion? Man, I mean, that's a really good question. It's tough. I, I'm it, not saying there's, a, really a, there's a slam dunk answer. I mean, I would think... Booker's definitely been more efficient. His team is ahead, and the Mavs have struggled to find answers for him. So probably Booker. I think it's Booker, too. And I wouldn't have said that after game four. Yeah. I would have said, ah, I think it's Luka. And that's, you know, Luka was incredible in game three. In game four, he was really good, but other guys stepped up, too, right? What do you have, 24 in game 26. four? 26. 26? Yeah, on Which, inefficient shooting, but still, got still, his points, free throws. I mean, we're talking and, about yeah. a guy that's a 30 And point. the assists yeah. and the rebounds. So and, he's yeah. spectacular. But I still think Devin Booker has been, for the entirety of the series, a little more spectacular. There is no way that the Mavericks can win a series with this many good players in it if Luka's not the best player, mm. right? And so I think in order for the Mavericks to have a chance, Luka's got to reassert himself as the best player in this series. And his woes right now from deep are not going to be fixed by taking more difficult deep shots. Like, we, I don't mind his difficult deep shots when he's in Luka groove. Mm. When he's ice cold, I don't want, I don't want that yeah. because it's not going to fix itself. He is special, and he is magical. That ain't going to fix itself. you got to fix it in other ways, get your juice back, and then start hitting those shots. Mm -hmm. And uh, these, aren't, these are not – I don't look at these as criticisms of Luka, personally. I think they're more – basketball facts. Okay, I'm saying opinions, and I'm saying them as basketball facts. That's the but facts of life, though. They're, man. they're I mean, basketball truisms. Yeah. You know, they're not always this way. They're this way 90% of the time. And so, uh, and part of that is is the whole, you know, Luke process of understanding all of this. He's not born understanding this. He's special and beyond his years, but he's got to go through it. Mm. This has already been uh, a successful playoff campaign beyond... Them winning game three and game four in the fashion that they did, I mean, that just made me feel amazing about where they are headed. Yeah, absolutely. It would have been much easier for them to lose in four or five games. Tuck their tail between their legs. Yeah. And, and yeah. get get your ass beat at home in one of those games. Dude, they thumped the Suns in both of those games. Now, we'll see what happens in game six. Yeah. But they got two big wins. Yes. And that's something you can build off of. Yeah. Uh, now, maybe they go on and win the series. Maybe you're listening to this five days from now, and you're like, you bunch of idiots. You don't know what's happening in the future. Um, uh, but well, let's go on right. We both think they're going to win game six, right? Uh, I think that they're going to give them hell in game six. Yeah. yeah. And now, then maybe the, this, end, maybe the Suns, you know, maybe, maybe we finally get a crunch time game. In yeah. This year. We have not had one yet. I think, I think, yeah. So with predictions, it's really coming down to predicting the, the way in which a team performs. Because overall, because a lot of times you can play your best basketball and lose. Yeah. Like the other team's just simply better. I think 
what we're saying, or at least what I'm saying, and I think I'm hearing this from you, I think the Mavericks will play one of their best versions of themselves tomorrow. Night. Energy level will be extraordinarily yeah. high, I think, by everybody. And you're going right. to feel this kind of sense of desperation that you can only feel in a closeout game. Right. You know, uh, like, for example, game six last year against the Clippers, Kawhi completely took over the game because it was either Kawhi, do this right now, or y- y'all are going home. So that's a great example because Luka was exceptional in that game. Mm-hmm. Kawhi was just better. Yeah. Kawhi was amazing. He was one of the best. Then, he was the best player in the in world. In game seven, Luca scored like 30 points in the first half and ended the game with 46 or 47 or whatever it was. But again, Kawhi was, you know, at least good enough, at the, least equal. The way that he was, that game six, the way that he closed out the so fourth unfair. quarter. So unfair. Oh, my God. So unfair. Yeah. Um, and then to go a little further down the pecking order, right, coming into the series, the, so the Suns got Booker, they got Paul, they got Aiton, they got Bridges. The Mavs have Luka, they got Brunson. Mm-hmm. If you're thinking like the, the best players, sure. right? Suns have four really good ones. The Mavs have two really good ones and then quality role players. But it feels like Bridges, you know, for much of this series was out, outplayed by Dorian. But last night I thought Bridges was spectacular. It was great. Um, but whenever I thought Dorian, he was really good in the first couple games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, things are different when you're on the road, yep. of course. Dorian was the better player, obviously, in game three and four and surprised the Mavs won. Mm-hmm. So you need Dorian to be better than Bridges. Mm-hmm. You need Jalen to be better than at least one of Chris Paul or DeAndre Ayton, uh, maybe even both. And in games three and four, he was. He was better than both of them. Yeah. Ayton was like a virtual non-factor, despite what his scoring numbers were. I don't even remember his scoring numbers, but he was he almost not invisible. not the game. Yeah, yeah, not in games three and four, and frankly, yeah. not in game two either. Right, because he had foul uh, trouble. Yeah, but yeah. last night he was really good. He was really Only good. Only 20-something minutes, had 20 points, was yeah. in foul trouble, but it didn't matter. He was awesome when he was on the floor. Right. Um, and last night, Chris Paul, really for the last three games – Hasn't been that good. I thought Paul was better than Jalen last night, though. Oh, yeah. And the Suns won. So Jalen's got to be better than at least one of those guys. Mm -hmm. Jalen cannot be the fourth or probably even in last night's case, fifth best player on the floor, and the Mavs have any chance to win. Maybe even sixth best player on the floor. By the Um, way, and I don't disagree with anything you're saying. I think you're saying all the right names. You know, he's been an incredible player in this series, Jay Crowder. Yeah, Jay's been awesome. He's been great. Cam Johnson's been really good, too. Yes. Really, really good. Especially in their building. He got going a little bit in game four. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't matter because, you know, Chris Paul had his problems. But, yeah, yeah I when mean. You surround those guys with wings that can all dribble, pass, shoot. I didn't realize. Things can happen. I didn't realize Cam Johnson was as good defensively as he is, or at least he's been in this series. He's had moments. Luca was picking on him a little bit in the home games, but last night I thought he, he was he much better. Up. Yeah, he yeah. was much better, which, again, at home, you know, so it's now it's. Now it's everyone else's time. Right. Now the one concern I have, Reggie Bullock kind of got hurt toward the end of that game, mm-hmm. um, is not on the injury report, was available to return, but it was a laugher, so they didn't bring it back in. But he had some sort of something, I think in game three maybe. It was game three. Was it game three yes. where he, he was just something, was, something wasn't right? Yes. It's really ever since then his shooting has kind of fallen off. I mean, it wasn't really there in game four. Uh, in game three I think he was maybe four for ten, but it was a second half thing that I think where he tweaked something. Game four, not great. Game five, I think 0 for 5, yeah. 0 for 3 on threes, I think. They obviously need... And they were good looks. Yeah, early. they were really good, good looks. looks early. early in the game where, yeah, yeah, I mean, if you hit those, it's only worth three points, but right. you're feeling awesome. You feel differently. They I need s- him to be Reggie Bullock. So I went wandering around the halls in game three at halftime, and I didn't know that Reggie was hurt. And someone texted me and said, they just said Reggie Bullock is questionable to return. I was like, what? And then I looked Ribs, up... that's right. Uh, yeah, his ribs. Yeah. And I looked up, and he was walking in front of me with Dion, I believe. And he was struggling to put – he was trying. He had a shirt, and he was struggling to put it on. I was like, uh-oh. Mm. And then I was like, well, it's close to game time. So I went back to my seat, 
and then he was walking out of the huddle and he played. Mm. You know, it's but those things that are nagging, they do sometimes stick around with you and you don't and know. You want to know when your ribs hurt you is when you're going yeah. up for a jump shot. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. And also like taking a blow whenever you're defending someone. Right. You know, someone's oh, going yeah. into you. And Chris Paul's gonna Oh yeah. Yeah. That's his style. Oh, yeah. yeah. And with the knee, you know, maybe that was just a funny step, who knows? But to have a rib and a knee mm-hmm. is a bummer because yep. he's been playing like forty six minutes a game yeah. in the playoffs so far. So, you know, they need him at his best. Um otherwise, you know, other developments in the series, I thought Frank has been pretty good overall. Mm-hmm. Um I don't remember what he did last night. I think he maybe hit a shot. I don't really remember. He had a huge shot in game four. Right at the end of the third quarter. Yeah, when Jalen yeah. uh, kicked it out to him. Yeah. And I was and, like, oh, that went in. Woohoo. Yeah. In game five, not really anyone did anything to be proud of. So, yeah. you know, maybe Frank did something, but uh I thought he's done I thought he's done pretty well. Um, you know, I was kind of bumming because Going back to the beginning, whenever we were talking about them running out of gas, mm-hmm. ideally off the bench, you're giving Spencer like 25, 30 minutes. You're giving the Josh Green slot, which is now Frank Nilakina, like 12 to 14 minutes. Davis is getting 10. Dwight in the starting lineup is giving you like 20. Mm-hmm. Now all of those guys are playing like six minutes a game. Yeah. And so you're basically giving Luca, Dorian, Bullock, Maxi, and Jalen like 38 to 40 seven minutes yeah. depending on the situation and asking them to play balls out d yeah yeah against a team where basically every guy on the floor can hurt you if you leave yeah. them open yeah in multiple ways you know even Aiton can dribble and pass like mm-hmm. they're really good and so they need someone to step up and i thought frank has done pretty well which makes it a bummer that denwitty's kind of fallen off because having that you know one two not punch because nilakina's not really handling the ball but like just having serviceable players off the bench play can well defend these guys yeah and they can, can play in the perimeter yeah it's yeah. really good uh as davis is sort of picking it up i mean Bertans has been way better in this series than he was against utah no oh, like, yeah night and day difference yeah so it's been a bummer to see you know spencer kind of go through it but you know obviously things are a little different in the playoffs and um you know for all of luca's struggles on defense which he has struggled you know i thought he was good in dallas last night not so much um, you know, Spencer's struggling on defense too, and mm-hmm. you, you cannot be a target on defense. You have to hold your own. Right. Um, Luca in game four was only involved in 18 pick and rolls as the screen defender. Last night, game five is back up to 24. Mm. Uh, he leads all non bigs in screens defended as the screen defender in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Pretty intentional. Both Utah and Phoenix going at him over and over again. Right. They're also going at Spencer. You can't have multiple guys to attack. So one of them, or ideally both of them, but they they have to be better on defense because you can't be trying to you know plug too many holes in the dam right especially right. against a good team because eventually you're going to run out of limbs you're going to run out of fingers right and it's going to break open yeah and then that also you know when a guy is working that hard on defense and he knows he's been targeting stuff it's like and then he's supposed to carry a high load on offense all of that starts adding up yep. I, I really do I, I'm not trying to give them an excuse or anything but I really do feel like that had a big factor in last night's game mm. and sometimes when you're physically tired you become mentally tired. And when you become mentally tired, you start turning the ball over. Yeah, 12 they, times in a quarter. In a quarter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so if you go out there, you go at halftime, you go back there, and the idea is to reset and refocus, and you come out and you're just that sloppy, I don't know. I just feel like I feel like fatigue had a big hand in that, and I feel like Jason Kidd's got to do the magic now of going, you're not tired? What are you talking about? It's playoffs. You don't get tired in the playoffs. He, it seems that they've give taken – him some secret stuff. Well, it, 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 see, I'm not saying he's Mr. Miyagi, but it does seem like that he's – uh, his mentality has permeated this team a lot during the playoffs, and now it really has to happen because he's one of the most tough-minded sons of bitches in the history of the NBA. I mean, unflappable in a game. Um, so 
they need to continue. They need to triple down on that being their personality. Mm. And all of this, all of these minutes began way back in like around Christmas time. I mean, the Mavs got off to last season a horrific start because of COVID and everything. They were right. like nine and thirteen, and they were way down. And interestingly enough. By the time everyone came back from COVID, they had to play Phoenix twice in Dallas, and that was two more losses. Oh, I remember that, yeah. Tough times, bleak. For the rest of the season, because it was a 72-game season, basically every game was a must-win for the Mavs, and they managed to avoid the play-in via tiebreaker. So, you know, hair their chinny-chin-chin. This year, 16-18 and after Chemezi Metu beat the buzzer on uh, December 29th, outside the top six, everyone has COVID again, Luca's out for a bunch of time. Okay, everyone comes back for game 30, uh, 36 in Oklahoma City. Was Luca's first game back. Mm. Right, so you've already played 35 games. Unfortunately, that's about halfway through an 82-game season. So even though you have extra games to deal with, you've already kind of pissed away the first half of the year, mm-hmm. injuries and COVID and all that stuff. So again, every single game became a must-win game. And so even in like as early as January and February, you know, Luca's playing like 38 minutes in a game, sometimes touching 40. Jalen, same thing, you know. Dorian, same thing. Reggie Bullock, same thing, especially once Tim Hardaway Jr. went down because he got less wing depth. Once you trade KP, all right, Maxi, we want to play you more, but oh my God, you can't hit a shot, so now we need to find someone else to play. Right. Uh, let's play small more, so that's even more minutes for Dorian. And so they found themselves in a position where you know they're playing half the season like it's the playoffs, which could prepare you for the playoffs. You're ready for the minutes load, and you got your rotation shaken out, and you know how to play as a team and everything. But it means that you can kind of run out of gas whenever the intensity cranks up a little bit. So hopefully, you know, whatever happens between now and the the whenever the Mavs hoist Larry O'Brien is just uh, between us and God. But uh, hopefully next season you're not 16 and 18. Right. Maybe you're 19 and 15 mm-hmm. or something. And then you don't have to do everything you can just to avoid the plan. Yeah. Uh, you don't got to exhaust your guys down the stretch, you know, or you can add more depth or whatever because right. these these problems are not just specific to the playoffs. This extends, you know, much, much further back in time. Yeah, absolutely. And what kind of uh, veterans on low contracts can they add to help augment that sort of depth because it becomes very important in the playoffs? Um, you mentioned Maxi and his troubles at the end of the year. I'm so happy we have a Maxi redemption story. He's been great in the playoffs. Friday night for game three, I was sitting with the advanced scouts from the other teams, and there was a lot of really positive chatter about him. He's been great, especially like, you know, people always look at shooting numbers and stuff, but for us to have a chance at defending Aiton, he's been a big part of that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm just really pleased for him and the way he's played throughout the whole playoffs. Yeah. Is he shooting 50% from three or close to He it? was the number one three-point shooter in the playoffs. Awesome. I think, I'm, I'm not sure what he shot in game five. Might have dropped him down a little bit, but he was at 49% going right. into that game. So, so I love that that part of this whole story as yeah. well. Yeah, and it's, I mean, my God, how much he was struggling down the stretch. Brutal. Dude, he needed to see some shots go in. Yeah. And without him, frankly, they're not winning – uh, game two against Utah, you know. Oh my God! No. So and without Jalen, they're not beating Utah. So yeah. like all of these things, like you know, you need other guys to step up. Right. That's kind of the story. We're sp- we spent thirty minutes talking about Luca, but of course everyone else needs to make shots too. Yep. You know, maybe they don't win game four without Dorian. Who knows? And then if you, these other guys do this stuff, then Luca doesn't have to carry such a big load. Maybe he's not tired. And all these things impact one another. All right. Two quick things before we get out of here. Yep. Number one, um, MVP voting just came out. Jokic wins. I think well deserved. Embiid second. Giannis third, fourth, Devin Booker, fifth, Luca. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know who was after that. Some order like Steph, Ja, you know, a bunch of other guys. Um, 
I have no problem with Luca finishing fifth. I feel like that's pretty good. Yeah. Fourth would have been fine, but you're not touching those top three. No. They were they were head and shoulders above everyone else. And then however that top three shook out, I have no problem with it either. Mm. Um, you know, for these these so number one, I'm uh, I know I'm in the minority here. I don't think I don't care about a regular season MVP. I just don't. Mm. Because uh, we never talk about the regular season. All we end up talking about is the playoffs. Like when you go back and you talk about something from four years ago, you're really talking about that two-month playoff run because that's where all the most important memories are cemented. And so splitting hairs on who had the best regular season, I honestly don't care. Um, and uh, unless, of course, Dirk is going to win it or Luke is going to win it, then I totally care. Um, but it, those, it's the same thing for me when we're talking about all right, who's the greatest of all time? And I'm like, well, hell, give me any of them. I'll win a championship. You know, when we start splitting hairs on excellence and then you have all this context and stuff. So, you know, Joel Embiid, I probably would have given it to him if it was me, but I have no problem with Jokic winning it. I would have had no problem with the Greek freak winning it either. And I think it's an amazing time in the history of the NBA that there are so many just exceptional players oh, yeah. at the very top of this hierarchy. Oh, yeah. I mean... Think of how, after watching Luca for so long, and after watching him in the series, and after everyone's complaining about him, and after all this stuff, like, think of how much better he can still be, and then, like, how good he already is. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And you could say the same thing for Giannis. Dude, Giannis is still, like, 26 years old or something, 27 years old. Right. Jokic, same thing. Embiid, I think, is 28, maybe, so he's, like, practically a senior citizen at this point. Like, right. these guys are all in the primes of their careers, and they can all still get better. Yeah. And that's not to say anything of guys like Ja or Trey or, the, mm -hmm. you know, any of those other guys in the next generation. Zion didn't even play this year. Like, there's so much young talent. So, would, if you had to pick one to start your team, would you pick Ja or would you put Trey? Oh man, ooh, that's tough. I, th uh, I think, I think Ja is more exciting. I think Trey is really, really, really good. Ja's knee worries me. Maybe Trey, maybe, but Jaw's so, so cool. Jaw's so cool. You I know? would pick Jaw if you could uh, promise me a world where there's no injury. Yeah. I think Trey, because of the way he plays, can come back from injury better than Jaw. It's kind of like the Russell Westbrook conversation. Yeah, so good, too, man. Oh, yeah, dude. He's, he's, uh, I, so, you know, we get, I get a lot of this stuff so very wrong. But when Trey was coming out of college, I thought there was a chance he might end up being Jimmer Fredette. Okay. Because Jimmer Fredette was incredible in college, and he basically just dribbled around until he shot from 30, right? Like, it was just a bunch of dudes setting screens and just Jimmer dri dribbling around like it was an obstacle course. Oh, I'm going to pull this now. And I thought there was a little bit of that in Trey. And, you know, he's not an exceptional athlete. Jimmer wasn't an exceptional athlete either. They seem to be about the same size. Uh, and so I thought, eh, you know, it's a lot more likely he's going to be like Jimmer than Steph. Wow, he's just... He's awesome. He's so awesome. And for that draft to have Aiton and Luca and you know, Mikhail Bridges, Mikhail Bridges and Jackson uh, Jr. and I mean, there are so many just um, really, really. I'm. I still, you know, it's funny is I still think that we're about two years away from Bamba being a big deal. If you look at like what he did this year on a terrible on, team, yeah. if you look at his shooting percentages and you look at his rebound per minute stats. And you start thinking about guys like you never thought about Hassan Whiteside until he was 25 or 26. Mm -hmm. I still think and, and Orlando may not keep him because uh, uh, Carter's got such a big contract. He was contract. also in that draft. He was also in that draft. Yeah. Uh, I think I think Bomba's free agency is fascinating because someone's going to take a chance on him, and if they develop him two years from now, 
I mean, Gobert didn't really start taking hold till he was what twenty four, twenty five. So, man, there's so much talent in that draft. Miles Bridges in that draft, too. yeah. Ooh. Oh my, he looks incredible, yeah, dude. He's awesome, dude. He's great. He is awesome. Did we really just end the podcast with draft talk from a few years uh, back? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. yeah, so one more thing, one more yep. thing, one more thing. Um, put on your Mavs goggles because we're not going to talk again until I mean, geez, uh, n- next week or. We're not going to talk until after Game 7. Yeah, the series uh, will be decided. After the Mavs win Game 7, of right. course. Uh, this is our Homer segment. We are going to be homers. Uh, how are the Mavs How are the Mavs going to win this series, Skin? It's not can they, it's how will they. Uh, this is the most homer. Be the most homer you've ever been in your life right now. Okay, so the most homer. So Game 6 will be very similar to how Game 3 and 4 unfolded, where they're good early offensively and they get their d- defensive mojo back. And then, you know, Chris Paul... And Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, those guys will be, you know, who they are. But the other guys will get lost in the sauce. And then Game 7 happens. And if the Mavericks, the Mavericks will come out like they did last night, but they will learn their lesson and they will stay with it. Phoenix will build a little bit of a lead, but then the Mavericks will have their little 6-0 runs here and there, and they're going to stay tethered. And then when they get to the six-minute mark of the fourth quarter, and they're down three, uh, they're going to hit a bucket, and then they're going to cut. It's just a two-pointer. They're going to cut it to one, and then Chris Paul is going to start feeling the pressure of his entire career and the narrative that he couldn't get it done. And then he's also going to suddenly feel 37 years old, having played a seven-game series in which there's only you know one day off, one day off, one day one, on and on and on. So that is how it's going to get done. Actually, there will be two days off between game six and seven. But don't worry about that so much. Um, so time zone changes. Yeah. yeah. The so economy. There, he's going to feel the pressure of it, and he's going to have a, a costly late game turnover, and it's and Luca's going to do Luca magic, and that's how they win Game Seven. Hell yeah! Is dude. that what you thought? Uh, I was thinking pretty much the same thing. Yeah. I'm thinking Mavs win Game Six because that's just the the natural order of yeah. things. You're going to prote- you're going to protect home court. Yep. Game Seven. Suns this year, I believe, are now 53 and 0 or 54 and 0, taking a lead into the fourth quarter. Right. Records are made to be broken, baby. Mm. Suns lead by like four, heading into the fourth. We like feel it. despair, and then all of a sudden, Luca, uh, who has wisely been conserving his energy throughout oh, the yeah. first six okay. games of this series, yeah, okay. finally dives into the reservoir yeah. and is able to uh, to be become bubble Luca and has like a fourteen point fourth quarter and oh. the Mavs win by six. In yeah, sign me up for that. That's how it's going to go. That's Homer. That's also truth. Um, Whenever Truth I was homerisms. saying homer, I was crossing my fingers. Yes, this yeah. is just the real thing, man. This is the real thing. I don't have to try hard to be a homer. <laughs> yeah, no, no, because no, we love it. And no matter what happens, look, no matter what happens, again, because this is, who knows when you're going to hear this. Maybe maybe the Mavs lose game six by 30. Hey, you watch your stupid. mouth. Well, I, I don't oh, want to okay. speak it into existence. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this season was very fun. This season was not very easy for a lot of people in the organization. Skin, I'm sure it was not easy for you. Like It's been a very tough couple years. I didn't enjoy but, 2022 up to like the last two weeks. Yeah. And then, uh, then it got good. Yeah, dude, this was, for the team, for the players, such a step forward. For the coaching staff, job well done. You know, mm-hmm. just every everything is just good. Like, it felt like the last couple years, yeah, sure, we, we're going in the right direction because we have Luka, but now it's like we're going in the right direction because of X, Y, Z, ABC. Yeah. You know, there's all the one, two, three, don't worry me, you and me. Uh, we, have, we got so much stuff to just feel good about. So no matter what happens, it's been a blast. And hopefully next week or whenever we talk again, we're talking about the Warriors or the Grizzlies or whoever. Oh, I can't wait to talk about the Warriors. It's yeah. going to be fun. That's going to be a great series. Yeah. I look forward to it. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's do it. 
Uh, all right, he's Skin. I'm Bobby. That's Chopper. Way in the back. Thank you for listening on your preferred audio platform or watching on the Mavs YouTube channel. Feel free to subscribe to the channel. It's awesome. Comment below with why you think, why you know the Mavs will beat the Suns. And uh, if, well, I like that. If in some hellacious universe we wake up and the Suns have beaten the Mavs, then just go back to go bed. back to bed and yeah. wake up, and maybe it'll change whenever you uh, after after your nap. But uh, all right, until then, be well. Again, he's skin. I'm Bobby. This number's on the boards. We're out. See you. Whoop.